As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Hey, it's Wendy. And it's Jess, and you're listening to the Food Heaven Podcast, your online resource for delicious and nutritious living. episode we're going to be talking all about plant-based living what that means why it's important and some practical things that you can do to get more plant-based foods into your life this episode is sponsored by the u.s highbush blueberry council which jess and i are both spokespeople for in case you missed it on the socials this year we launched a video recipe series with them that features fun and delicious ways to incorporate blueberries and to make things even sweeter this month is actually national blueberry month (laughs) so at the end of this episode we're gonna highlight three ways you can incorporate blueberries into your life so make sure you stay tuned for today's episode we're chatting with sharon palmer award-winning dietitian and author she's an expert on all things plant based so she's a perfect guest for today's show let me go ahead and give her a ring hi sharon thank you so much for being a guest on our podcast we're super excited to have you because in the dietitian world you're considered the go-to person for everything plant-based. So we're huge advocates of plant-based living, and so we thought it would be great to put out this episode because a lot of people aren't really sure what that even means or don't know where to begin with plant-based living. Um, So maybe that's like a good place to start the conversation and having you talk to us a little bit about what plant-based eating means. Yes, well, I'm happy to be here too. Um, um, and as you know, I'm really passionate about plant-based living. And um, the way I see it is that there's a spectrum of plant-based eating. And in fact, I think everybody can eat a plant-based diet. Um, it just is a matter of how plant-based you want to be. You can go all the way, um, which a 100% plant-based diet would be vegan. But you can also fit somewhere along the way, whether it's vegetarian or semi-vegetarian or even this flexitarian uh, style of eating where we're, you know, really switching the plate, um, eating less animal foods and more plant foods. So but I really think the whole concept is eating more plants and fewer animals. Okay, yeah, there's, uh, I think there's some confusion, especially with the internet and social media now, because what I've seen is that plant-based living as promoted more so as vegan, um, and like a lot of these plant-based books that are coming out, not only vegan, but they're like vegan, gluten-free. And so even us, because we put out a cookbook and we're promoting it as a plant-based cookbook, but it's not completely vegan. And even we've had people hitting us up like, well, there's dairy in here and there's egg in here, so it's not plant-based. And so um, we've seen as well that there's that that there's like this confusion about what this even means. Yeah, you're right. I see the same thing. When I first started writing about plant-based, um, you know, the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, which we look to as, you know, the 
the body of nutrition science, had defined a plant-based diet as a diet that focuses on plants. But then um, somewhere along the way in the popular um, you know, media, uh, a plant-based diet became synonymous with a vegan diet. But there's still confusion out there because I think people will say they eat a plant-based diet and they don't mean vegan. So I don't think we have any really hard and fast rules. Um, I do think the term plant-based is a very positive term. So, you know, vegans are starting to call themselves plant-based and it's not, you know, it's a little bit more a positive term rather than a negative term. Um, not that being vegan is a negative word, but you know, it's, it's more about what you eat and what you don't, than what you don't eat. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely how we see it as well. It's more like all inclusive of how everyone eats and just kind of like emphasizing the plant based foods. Um, so it's great. I think it's great that we're having this episode because we do want people to see plant based as like this positive thing, especially because a lot of um, a lot of the people that listen to our podcast aren't vegans or aren't really interested in being vegan but they do want to live healthier which like you know plant-based eating provides so many benefits um to our health so um i'm interested in like learning a little bit about your philosophy behind plant-based eating like why you're so passionate about it or how you got into it i really feel passionately that you know just my style of eating because i eat a plant-based diet just that one thing in my life, I can do so much. For example, I can be very healthy. You know, there's so much research about um, people who eat a more plant-based diet, that they live longer, they have less disease. Um, So I have the health benefits. I can have a lower carbon footprint. You know, by eating more plants, you can reduce your carbon footprint. It might be the most powerful thing you could do to reduce your carbon footprint. And then, you know, by eating less animals, I'm, you know, helping less animals be in the Uh, modern agriculture, you know, less animal suffering. So just what I eat, what I put on my plate every day can make this huge impact. So I think, you know, for me, that's what I'm passionate about. And and again, I agree with you 100%. I just, if we could all be eating more plants and fewer animals, we could all make a big difference. Yeah, absolutely. So like in your journalism, and just like in interacting with people day to day, um, what are some common misconceptions that you've come across maybe online or on your blog or, you know, just in your day to day that people have come to you like kind of misconceptions that they think about plant based eating? Well, I think one of them is that, uh, you know, people are so concerned about protein. I'm sure you've heard this too, that they, you know, people overvalue protein now. It's like such a hot nu- nutrient. They don't think they're going to get enough protein. And so that's a common <clears throat> misperception and that we can show people that you can get enough protein. There are a lot of plant proteins such as pulses, lentils, beans, um, tofu, um, nuts and seeds. And then even things like whole grains have protein. So, um, you know, that's one common thing. And then, you know, also I think people are afraid it's going to take a long time. Um, they, you know, people aren't cooking much these days. They may don't, they may not have like the common cooking skills. So they're intimidated a lot of times that it's going to be very difficult or, and sometimes they think it's expensive, which ironically, I think it's less expensive because usually the animal protein is the most expensive thing in your shopping cart. So, you know, beans and lentils are so inexpensive. So I think those are some of the barriers and, And those we can address, you know, by showing them, um, for example, how easy it is to cook simple things and and that, you know, it doesn't have to be an expensive um, lifestyle. Yeah, that's so great that you said that because those 
three, um, I guess, misconceptions are the ones that are constantly coming up, like with our clients or on our website where people are concerned about the cost or, you know, they're very busy and um, they're just like, we don't have the time to do this. So once, let's say someone decides to, you know, hop on and do the whole plant-based thing, what do you think are some common pitfalls or, you know, common roadblocks that people experience when they're, you know, trying to eat more plant-based? Well, I think one thing that I hear, I'm not sure if you hear this, but sometimes when people try a plant-based diet and they're not, um, they're not eating a balanced diet, they may not feel full or they just feel hungry all the time. I get that because I think people are so focused on just eating plants, not eating animals, that they're not balancing their plate. So, you know, a plant-based diet can be very healthy and low in calories because it's full of all these plants, but you also need to make sure you're getting protein and some healthy fat in there. Otherwise, you just may not get full. So every meal should be balanced with vegetables and whole grains and some kind of protein like lentils or or, um, tofu or or peanuts, something like that. Um, And... I think that's one one thing I see. And then the other thing is that it may be difficult if you're not prepared. You do have to prepare yourself. You have to make sure you have all these healthy foods around your kitchen. If your kitchen is devoid of uh, of all those things, you're just not going to put those meals together and you're going to be frustrated. So taking a little preparation um, to make sure you're, you have all the things in your kitchen and your refrigerator, um, things like uh, plant milks. I'm a huge fan of like um, soy milk, fortified soy milk is my go-to uh, in the refrigerator. And then, you know, a whole variety. You'll always find lots of nuts and seeds in my um, pantry, all different kinds of whole grains, Every lots of beans, dried beans and canned beans, um, lots of seasonal vegetables. So those are kind of, th- you have to have those things around or you'll be always frustrated. That's probably like one of our number one tips, like do meal planning ahead of time so that you set yourself up for success when you're trying to incorporate more plant-based foods because it's so frustrating to, you know, last minute have to go to the supermarket and kind of like whip up all these meals that you haven't planned for already. Um, and it just makes it so much more harder. So it's it's so important. And we'll include some links for uh, meal planning resources that you all can check out. Um, so we have someone who is on board. They're like, I want to do this plant-based thing. I want to try out the lifestyle. I want to make it sustainable. Uh, what are three practical things that they can do at home to live a more plant-based lifestyle? Change the way you think about, um, meal planning, which you were just talking about meal planning. But, you know, a lot of times, um, people have always planned their meal around the animal food. So, you know, when you're getting home from work, you're in your car and you're thinking what's for dinner and, you know, people traditionally have gone to like, is it chicken, fish or beef? But I think we have to change that mindset um, when you're eating more plants and think about the plants, you know, start your menu planning with maybe, you know, you're thinking, oh, I have lentils, you know, I have some black lentils, what would go well with that? And, or maybe I was at the farmer's market and I got that um, summer squash this weekend. So kind of like thinking a different way about your plate, you know, that the, the, this big hunk of meat is not the star of your plate anymore. And then the other thing is, is I can't stress this enough, is it, you know, that we really have to fall in love with plants again, because I think we've lost track of how beautiful plants are. I mean, vegetables, you know, chefs are in love with vegetables today, which is a good thing. 
But, you know, going to the farmer's market and seeing all the colors and, and tasting all these textures and flavors and all the aromas and so many beautiful things um, that come from the soil and really valuing, you know, what a fresh peach tastes like at the farmer's market or from your tree in the backyard, you know, just really valuing all, all of those wonderful um, flavors again. And that can really make plant-based eating fun, which I think people are, are really getting that again. Um, so that's, and then finally, my other tip is it just because you want to go more plant-based doesn't mean you can't eat all your favorite foods. It's just making them plant-based. For example, you know, our family has Taco Tuesday, but we just don't have meat. We do black beans and avocados and tomatoes. And so you can just switch out some of those favorite dishes and just make them plant-based, even if it's something like veggie lasagna instead of meat lasagna, those kinds of things. Yeah, I love those. And I love the first point that you made, because especially being from the Caribbean, it's almost like a meal is not a meal without the meat. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. They just mentally in their head, it's like this is not complete. And so I think it's so important to kind of rethink the way that we see meals. It's that's a great point. I know that you have children of your own and for the parents that are listening, what are some things that we can do to get our children more excited about eating plant-based foods? And what are some things that maybe you do in your own home? Yeah, I think it's a great question and I think that, you know, children um can really love all these plant foods, especially when we introduce them early in their life, you know. Um but one of the my favorite go-tos um, is smoothies, and I think kids love smoothies. I have my two sons have always loved smoothies. Now they're college age, and they still love it when I make a smoothie for them. But you know, like um, you can fit so many plant foods in a smoothie, starting with like a nut milk or something, and then I like to put in some greens like spinach or kale, and then I like to put in some frozen fruit so it's icy, like I love frozen raspberries in there. And then maybe some nuts and seeds like hemp or chia. And so you're getting a really healthy beverage. Um, So I think smoothies are kind of fun. Also, kids love interactive things. So, you know, hummus is so big with kids because it's something they can dip. So if you have the cut up veggies and they can dip it in hummus or another veggie dip, you know, a bean dip or something. I think that's fun. Um, And just remembering that kids like interaction. um, I have this one favorite recipe from my first book, The Plant Power Diet, that my children still love today. And it's it's um, the Vietnamese noodle soup tradition pho, which I always pronounce it incorrectly, P-H-O. But the reason they love it is because it's interactive, you know, where each person gets this big uh, fragrant bowl of broth with noodles, and then they put their own toppings on. So those kinds of things are really uh, great for kids. Um, you know, giving them a chance to get involved. And also, if you have a chance um, to take your kids to the farmer's market or even grow some vegetables with them, it's that has been shown to increase the likelihood that they'll eat vegetables. Great. Those are great, great tips. Um, and so can you share with us like what you eat in a typical day, just so people put this into perspective and how it can actually look like for a real person who does it in a balanced way? Yeah, well, I usually start out the morning. I love steel cut oats for breakfast. And that's kind of my go to breakfast on my work weekdays. During the weekend, I, I get more creative. Um, but and I always put some nuts and seeds on there. Um, I like walnuts because I'm always trying to get some omega-3s. And then I I use soy fortified soy milk. And then I put whatever seasonal fruit 
like this morning I had strawberries, but in the fall it might be persimmons, um, whatever is in season. Um, so that's kind of my go-to breakfast. And then for lunch, um, I always make a big salad with some dark greens, uh, just a huge salad with lots of dark greens and then whatever vegetables I have on hand, whether it's tomatoes or some broccoli florets or something. And then I might put some chickpeas on there or some baked tofu. And um, I like to use extra virgin olive oil, just drizzle a little with some balsamic. And that's like my go-to lunch. Um, and then for dinner, I like to get a little more creative. I, you know, I like to make a recipe, whether it's, and it's easy, you know, so like I love to make chickpea masala, you know, just with chickpeas and this really rich kind of a curried tomato sauce with basmati rice, a brown basmati rice. It's just kind of putting that combination together, whether it's an Indian dish or a casserole, um, but that's kind of my go-to planning. That sounds delicious. Do you do like any snacks throughout the day as well? Yes, yeah, sometimes I, I will have like a handful of nuts um, or some fruit. I love to have some fresh fruit or seasonal fruit in the afternoons. And then at, in the evenings, maybe I might have, um, I like to make popcorn <laughs> with the, you know, just a, it's so satisfying or so it, I do have some snacks in there, too. It would be great if you could share with us some of your favorite resources um, that people can check out if they want to incorporate more plant-based foods into their life, whether it's like any books that you recommend or like a website or anything, really. Well, uh, I'm a huge fan of the Vegetarian Resource Group. It's one of the best organizations for plant-based eating in terms of scientific research. It's very credible. There's so much misinformation out there, and I know... You are uh, fighting that yourself. You know, so going, if you're wanting to eat a plant-based diet and you want to make sure you're eating balanced meals, you know, making sure you're getting good, reliable information and uh, is important. And they have great uh, resources there. And then, uh, and then dietitians have uh, the Vegetarian Nutrition Dietetic Practice Group, which also has resources and they have co- um, consumer resources too. Um but then I think all of these amazing blogs, like, you know, what you're doing, and there's so many um, dietitians out there with reliable and plus delicious, um, you know, easy uh, meal planning tips, recipes, all these things. Um, there's so many beautiful blogs out there that really make it, you know, so inspiring to eat all these foods. So all these videos make it more approachable. So watching, following some of these blogs, um, there's so many out there. Yeah, I know. It's a little overwhelming because it's so much good stuff out there. So many good like recipes. Um, And your website, too, is a great resource that people should check out. So if you could tell us where people can learn more about your work and how they can, you know, just find out more about you and all the great work that you're doing. It would be great if you can plug that in. (laughs) Yes, thank you. Well, my website is SharonPalmer.com. Um, that's S-H-A-R-O-N-P-A-L-M-E-R. And my blog is there. It's a plant-powered blog. Um, I blog every single day except for the holidays. So, And my whole blog is about um, inspiring people to eat a plant-based diet. And, and just like you said, a lot of my followers are not vegan. They're just people who want to eat healthier and want to eat more plant-based. So you know, this is a big community. And um, you know, we can all do so much just by eating more healthful foods. And so anyway, I try to provide resources, articles, um, nutrition tips, um, 
you know, of course, lots of recipes. So there's a lot of resources there. And then, of course, I have my two books, The Plant-Powered Diet, which is, I call it kind of the Bible for the nutrition side of everything. And then my book, Plant-Powered for Life, which is more of a cookbook with easy tips. Um, so everything's there on my site if you want to look it up at SharonPalmer.com. Perfect. And we'll make sure that we include links to all of Sharon's books and her website and everything else. Um, So Sharon, thank you so much for being a guest on our podcast. Um, Our listeners are going to love this and hopefully they'll be inspired to incorporate more plant-based foods into their meals. So now that we've learned tons from Sharon about plant-based living, we're going to wrap up this episode by going over three of our favorite ways to incorporate blueberries into recipes. Number one, hands down, is smoothies. This is probably our all-time favorite way to use blueberries. Super basic, we know, but there's nothing more delicious than blending frozen blueberries with our favorite fruits and vegetables, especially during these hot summer months. And my go-to smoothie consists of frozen blueberries, banana, spinach, grounded flaxseed, and then I use almond milk as a base. Super tasty, super basic, super easy. Um, Number two is going to be blueberry jam. If you are into using jellies and jams as spreads, then this one is for you. All you have to do is blend blueberries with chia seeds, add a little bit of maple syrup for sweetness, and you have a yummy jam that can be enjoyed whenever. Um, And then number three is for my oatmeal lovers, blueberry oats. There's nothing better than throwing in a serving of blueberries into your morning oats. It's a great way to add a punch of fiber and vitamin C to your day. All right. So with that, we're going to wrap up this episode. Shout out to the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council for sponsoring us for this episode. And a huge thank you to Sharon for being our guest. We'll catch you next time. Bye.